Galimera, galispera, galinichta. No matter where in this wild, wacky and sometimes wonderful world you might be, thank you for making the Highbury Squad part of your day. Thought we would do something fun tonight, especially as we have an ex-teacher in the house. I hope you've got your red markers ready. Let's rock and roll, kids. Mind the gap between the train and the platform. Please stand clear of the discussion doors. The next stop is Highbury Squad. Good evening, everyone. Welcome back to Squad Central on an unusual broadcast day for us these days. Oh, remember those days when we went out live every night? Well, we'll get back there eventually, I'm sure. Uh, I am delighted to be joined by one of my favourite Arsenal voices and also my good mate, Mr. Tom Canton. Welcome to Squad Central. How are we doing? We're good, we well? We are good. We are well. Um, Squaddies, good evening. Uh, at ease. I always lose my manners when Super Kev isn't here. But hopefully the big man will be back soon. He's getting all of your well wishes and all of the love and keep it coming. Those listening on replay on YouTube and on our audio platforms, thank you. Don't forget to leave your comments for Super Kev. He's seeing them and they're really helping him and geeing him up. So thanks, everyone. Chief Like Officer Tammy's here. Carol is here. PW is here. Yasor Diganis always gives me an excuse to speak Greek when PW's in the chat. Uh, Tom, Ian's here, Jimmy, Max here, Trev's here, um, the whole fam family is here, DJ's here, um, welcome to the show, and I am looking forward to this one, I like doing shows like this, you know, we did all of our tactics, if you missed David Hillier on Monday Madness, please go and listen to that show, absolutely brilliant analysis from him, getting stuck deep into things, I learned a lot of stuff, as you guys know, I love to learn um, on the tactical side. And uh, it elevates my own mind. And David Hillier certainly did that on Monday. Tom is here to help me with something um, that, again, he's inspired me because I love his articles, as you know, for Football London. And he wrote something about Kai Havertz, which I love. Don't poke the Tom bear. You know what I mean? Tom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't want to do that. <laughs> you don't. You don't want to do that. And uh, I love it when Tom wants to prove people wrong. It's just brilliant. Even if you're in a WhatsApp group with Tom <laughs> and you make a comment, okay, giving, a, giving, a, giving away a little bit of the Tom tonight, he, he's like, so, yeah, really? Um, can you back that up? And then it will go silent. There'll be a blue tick. And he knows that I've gone to find some data or some type of yeah. research that yeah. backs up what I'm saying. And he will not relent. So be careful, everybody. But I loved your piece on Kai Havertz, and I love how it's not like a you don't want to have a dig at people, but really when people talk nonsense and they don't look at things in a little bit more depth and detail, mm. you you know you have to put them right, right, Tom? Yeah. Well, yeah. I think that Kai Havertz. I, I hate absolutes. I hate when people talk about things in absolutes, like. Zinchenko can't defend. Kai Havertz is a bad signing. Um, Arsenal categorically cannot win the league without signing another strike. Like just these absolutes that end up, you know, you provide the evidence and it turns out actually that it's not as, as clear cut as, as people think. So it's not necessarily even about proving people wrong. It's just actually providing that evidence to maybe make someone turn around and think, oh, actually, no, that's a fairly good point. There's some really good evidence to suggest why that maybe isn't the case. Is Amira right? Were you a sassy teacher? 
Um, the right word for you? Depends on the student, I guess. <laughs> annoyed <laughs> me or not. Yeah. All right. Well, the squaddies are our students this evening. And what I wanted to do was we're getting to that point of the season. I sat down and I, I was saying to Tony this morning, I go, babe, I can't believe it's March, like this weekend. Mm. Where has time gone? And you think about it. We've got March, April, we've got three months left of this season. And it's been an interesting season. You know, it started off, even though we were doing well, no one, everyone got used to the sexy champagne football last season. A pragmatic Arteta was frustrating some of the fans. Maybe some of the players were stifled for creativity. And then they went to Dubai and everything changed. But even then, we haven't been, have we been out of the top four this season? We've we been fifth mm, once. We may have been. Maybe at the start, maybe. Okay, do your work. Do your work, squaddies. I think we may have been in fifth once, and that was yeah, we pre-Dubai. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, so it has flown by. It really has. And uh, I, I haven't even been to a game yet this season, which is bizarre for me. I mean, a lot's happened, and I haven't been able to go to a game. But good news is there's still time, right? So tonight we are playing Arsenal's Got Talent. You've heard Britain's Got Talent, America's Got Talent. Well, Arsenal's definitely got talent. But I wanted to dig a little deeper with Tom and assess because we all kind of point the finger in terms of who's overrated and who's underrated. Um, so, squaddies, you're going you're gonna to join in on this one, right, in the chat and everyone on YouTube. We're going to expect your comments as well because I wanted, as we're looking at this squad, Tom, before we get stuck into mm. this, I don't know, maybe since the Invincibles. And, and of course, think about inflation. I'm not saying that team would have been more valuable or not, but it probably would have. But this, to me, seems like the most valuable market value Arsenal team we've had in 20 years. Am I over-exaggerating that? Uh, oh, without a doubt. It's, you know, in terms of, like, what players are worth, you go through the team, you go through what the players we bought and then what they're worth now. I was doing a show with our mutual friend Mike yesterday talking about, you know, the financial breakdowns of this year's accounts. And one of the biggest things that came out of the show was that in 2018-19, we had an overall staff and player cost that was a million pounds more than what we currently pay for our current squads. And that awesome. overall kind of, you know, overhaul that we've had over the last five to six years um, by Edu, by Arteta, by um, the, the ownership, by Richard Garlic and all the people involved with that process has led to us having a squad that was finishing, you know, fifth and then eighth the season after that and then finishing second last season and in a, a successive title race again this season. So, And we're paying them less money um, last season we was, of course. Now we've renewed a lot of those player deals. That's That number is expected, to, of course, to go up. But um, it is incredible to think what we've done. And I think you know, the, the age of the squad, Saka, Martinelli, Saliba, you know, these young guys and players that are going to be worth, are worth in the market, you know, mm. well, they're priceless, really. They don't really have a value to us. Yeah. It's stunning. It's really amazing. I, I, to think where we were, Jared, by the way, thank you, mate. And uh, hello to you. Always love to see Jared in the chat. Match week three, we were in fifth place. There you so, go. So, yeah. Woof. It's a long time ago, yeah, kids. Fulham, a long time I think. ago. We draw against Fulham and maybe that dropped us into fifth. Yeah. I, I thought that we had, but um, let's, let's hope that we don't get back there. I don't think we are. I'm pretty mm. confident. But again, 
sharp, so don't say too much. <laughs> okay, let's get stuck into this. Um, we'll start at the very tippy top. And if I forget anyone, let me know. I was telling Tom in the green room that I totally forgot about Thomas Partey. That's how much I've missed him this season. Totally forgot about him. Um, let's start with our goalkeepers. Aaron Ramsdale. Ah, mm. oh, it's been one of the stories of the season. One which I feel has kind of settled. Dare I say, has it settled? Um, Tom? Yeah. And yeah. you know, uh, of course, I don't need to repeat what's happened. We know what's happened. Uh, rumors about Aaron maybe going to Chelsea or somewhere else. Mm -hmm. He's going to be in demand. Um, what say you about Aaron? Because uh, you, when you lose your place, the, the, clearly the manager rates somebody higher than you. Um, when he sure. came to the club, very underrated and absolutely grilled by some of uh, a large portion of the Arsenal universe. What mm -hmm. say you about Ramsdale? Is he underrated, overrated, or is he rightly rated? Uh, he was definitely underrated when he came in, without a shadow of a doubt, and and took that tagline. I think he very, very quickly um, became very rated uh, throughout the course of that season. And then the start of this season, when David Raya has come in and all the furore around David Raya and taking that position, there was arguably a time where maybe he crossed into the slight overrated section because Raya, I think, over the course of this season, especially into 2024, I think has established himself, has given fans assurance over his ability and, and his contribution to the team. And I think there's loads of data which suggests why Arteta has gone in the direction with the goalkeeper that he has. Do I agree with everything that's gone on in the process of getting to this point? No, I don't. I think there are things that could have been handled better. But I think we've now crossed back into that section that a lot of fans think that because he's barely played, we won't be getting a profit on Ramsdale. I think that is short-sighted. I still think that we will. And I think the club will be expecting after renewing his contract to get a very good fee and a good profit. So I lean on still underrated, especially market-wise for a lot of fans. Mm. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think especially after what's happened this year, people forget kind of what Aaron has done over the last three seasons. There was the, the year where he made the Leicester save and then last season, the double save. Was it last season, the double saves at Liverpool? Was that the yeah. season before? Last season. It's all kind of blurry. Um, mm. You know, he's had some moments, second half against Tottenham at the Emirates in the North London derby, uh, probably made a save that could have made it 3-3. So I think because he's kind of not been playing, it's very easy to suggest that, um, you know, he's overrated, but I don't think mm. so. Um, let's see. Boy says Ray and Ramsdale both overrated for me. Combine them somehow, and we would have a proper serious cup. A lot of fans have been saying that. A lot of fans have been saying that. Mm. Karen said, "How could Aaron keep his place when Ray is besties with the goalkeeping coach?" <laughs> uh, Nelson, good keeper, but overrated. People put him up there with the best in the world. Guna Rose hopes that Aaron will stay, but the summer we may see him leave. Um, and yeah, I mean, he wants to play, he wants to be a starter and I think he deserves, uh, to be a starter and good work. Keep up the good work, says Tamina. We both got, Appreciate we that. got, both got the teacher's thumbs up right there. Um, Guna works. Nice to see you in the chat as well. Depending on which side of the goalkeeping debate they fell, it seems like people started going to the extremes of either overrating him or underrating him. Um, I think, I think that is, uh, I Truth think that's fair. Yeah, mm. yeah, probably. 
All right, let's move on to the guy who took his spot, Tom. Mm. Uh, I I think at the I'll start on this one. I thought at the start of the season, uh, he was very overrated by a lot of people, mm. and you know did a great job at Brentford. A lot of the times, you know, some some fans thought that you know when you lob it over the top and Tony's on the end of it, uh, it kind of looked like his passing from the back was. I would say simplistic for some, maybe mm. that's a little bit harsh, but over the last few weeks, and again, maybe since Dubai's proven himself to be quite a good goalkeeper. However, I say this, Tom, and here it goes. He hasn't really had a lot to do because our defense has been so brilliant. Mm. His passing out from the back is the way he moves the game so quickly is yeah. excellent. Um, mm. Shot stopping still maybe a little dubious on that. Coming in for crosses, I think his stats are better because he likes to catch the ball, whereas Aaron likes to punch out the ball. And we're going to talk yeah. about this in our goalkeeper show uh, with Mike from You Are My Arsenal next week. Talk to me about Raya. Underrated or overrated? Yeah, no, or I think he's right. all, all rated. Yeah, um, I think that he. I, I, I agree. When he came in, I think there was a lot of overrating how, how good he was, and I think the performances at the start of the season certainly lent into that. But ultimately, I think he's proven that for Arsenal and for what Arteta wants specifically from a goalkeeper, he suits that more than than Ramsdale does for the, to, for what you've highlighted. Ramsdale likes to punch. Ramsdale likes to, to kick long, um, and will perhaps but he is more inclined to to clear when there is maybe a pass that Arteta would prefer he plays on. Mm. Um, and yes, Raya's shot stopping is still, I think, in question to a degree. And hopefully that improves as he continues to embed into the club. Uh, ultimately, the reality of the situation is for a club like Arsenal that dominate the ball, that aren't conceding a lot of shots. I mean, we have 1.9 XG in 2024 of goals conceded, sorry, it's XGA, um, which is incredibly lower than anybody else uh, in the same time period. So he's not going to be expected necessarily to be that that key shot stopper. He needs to be good enough, you know, and I think that he has quality there. But mainly what his attributes are, what Arteta likes, is his distribution, his calmness on the ball, his composure, um, and his ability to to play out so comfortably and aggressively as well when need be. Okay, I'm putting your comments up as we're talking about this as well so you guys can check them out. But I did want to put this one up for you. Um, it's a question from Martin. Mm. Uh, thanks for your question, Martin. Does Ray give you a nice, secure feeling like Seaman used to? Definitely does for me now. Mm. But I was always secure with Ramsdale. I felt that... Yeah. Um, you know, I didn't. I didn't feel necessarily feel insecure with Aaron at the back. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Arsenal have had a goalkeeper. That, that I mean, when Seaman was in goal, the goalkeeping game was different. A goalkeeper had to save shots. The best goalkeepers in the world weren't keepers like Edison and Allison and now Raya Ramsdale. You know, goalkeepers that were the best in the world were your Khans and your. Uh, your David Siemens and you're uh, you're you know moving into to more of the the noughties period when mm. we had ourselves Jens Lehmann and Petr Cech was at his prime for for Chelsea as well. These weren't goalkeepers that were designed to be an additional outfield player. You know that was when you know to an extent Victor Valdez started doing that at Barcelona and of course 
Manuel Neuer uh, doing it with, with Bayern Munich and Germany. And you had that sweeper-keeper type thing and also a distributor of the ball as well. But back in the day, like a world-class, it was easier to become a world-class keeper back then because you only had one thing to do, which was to stop the ball going in the back of there. <laughs> to be a world-class keeper in today's game requires far many more attributes and characteristics, which makes the game so much harder. Yeah. Um, the penalties as well. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Reyes saved that penalty against West Ham West and saved our blushes yeah. from it being... Uh, you know, three nil versus uh, two nil. Um, mm. There's uh, one more question for you here because I think this is an interesting one too. Um, it riffs off what one of our other listeners was saying. Mm. Um, Visvarubin, that's a great name. Do you think Raya's the long-term solution, Tom? I don't know. Is is my answer to that? I, I don't know. I don't want to say yes or no because I I don't know. <laughs> so there you go. Doesn't know. I think for now, um, he's. Proven enough to be given the shot yeah. if Mikel Arteta, if he's Mikel Arteta's guy. Why? If anything, we'll be looking for a backup this summer, mm. won't we? I mean, you know, so uh, surely the goalkeeper's prime role is to keep goal. What? Really? Didn't know that. Okay, let's get back. Let's get to the back line. Um, this is juicy. I like this one. Uh, Tommy Yasu, mm. who has... Oh, the picture came out blurry. Tom tells me sometimes. Sometimes your pictures are blurry. Um, hasn't <laughs> happened in a long time, Tom. It's you. You're here. You bocked it. Tommy Yasu, underrated, overrated, or rightly rated? I think rightly rated by Arsenal fans, probably underrated by everybody else, um, to be fair. I think if you speak to anyone outside of Arsenal, they're not talking about Tommy Yasu in the same circles that Arsenal fans are, which in my view is, is Arsenal fans the accurate ones. I think he's excellent when he's available. And it's that last point, which is the key point with Tommy Yasu. It's when he's available. Um, so to the wider world, underrated. To Arsenal fans, certainly rated. What's going on with him in injury-prone stuff? Calf again, uh, calf mm. again. Well, muscle injuries Different in general. Injuries the last one. Yeah. yeah. So, is that something that that worries you? And I'm putting up another another question. Underrated, unfortunately, injury prone, and maybe that's why Boy thinks he's overrated. But mm. he can't stay fit, as Jonathan Jonathan says. Just yeah. cannot stay fit. That's I remember worry. speaking with him um, ahead of one of the the Champions League group stage games. It might have been the Lance game, um, and I remember him being so delighted that he was back fit you know, and playing and, you know, he was like, I'm finally over those injuries. And I think it was literally a couple of <laughs> weeks after he got injured again. Um, and yeah, I mean, I asked him a question after another game earlier in the season as well about how he felt about his injury situation. And he didn't really have too much to say. I know his English isn't the best anyway. Mm. And he does give you quite short answers, but um, he, he he didn't really know how to to convey that he's not yet, fully over he's not yet been fully over it at that point and that was really early in the season so i i hope he's back soon there's su suggestions that he could be in contention for monday but he's not yet trained so that's going to be difficult they're managing him really carefully basically mm. well he instead of kind of missing for the last three months of the season hopefully it'll be mm. the reverse this time tom because we did miss him the last two seasons there's no doubt having a player like him uh, available is massive all right. Um, how about this fella? Benjamin White. <laughs> Take it uh, away, Tom. Ben White is um, 
is as long as I never have to speak to him, (laughs) (laughs) it's absolutely brilliant. The one time I have spoken to him, he was exactly what you expect uh, in terms of interview. And he's not the best to provide you with an answer to a question. Um, But uh, in terms of his footballing ability, he's an excellent footballer. And I, I think, you know, still again, underrated, I know that there's obviously these issues with England, but the fact that he isn't picked and that those issues can't get sorted out for some reason, you know, to get picked, he is, in my opinion, the best English right back at the moment. Um, It's very close between Mm -hmm. him and Carl Walker, of course, but I think that he, in the current state of football as it is, I think he's brilliant. So, yeah, I'd say because of that situation, that makes him as well underrated. Yeah, I think he's underrated too. What I love, what I think is what, I love that Arsenal fans recognise um, that, mm. like Raybeam says, he's a master of the dark arts. We don't really have that a lot. We probably have two players in our squad who are mastering the dark arts. Um, he doesn't care about a lot of that. No, he doesn't. He just wants to be a footballer and play. Um, where have you been? Um, Al Caesar's just starting to love Ben White. Uh, he's mm-hmm. underrated, says Karen. His world-class interview. They are. They're brilliant. And Tom, I, I, I fear for you. You know, give you the eyebrow look, and oh. you'll know you have to hide when, uh, when that happens. What I, I want you to just answer this because Tammy Steele's our chief like officer said that he's much better now. He's playing the inverted role. Early in the season, before Dubai, was not having a good time at all. Mm. Not quite sure why. Maybe you can help shed some light. But since Dubai, since Zinchenko's been out, and they yeah. flipped sides. On the inversion, um, oh, I sound like Oppenheimer now. <laughs> uh, what, what's what? <laughs> what's your take on his kind of refreshed uh, um, form? Well, it's worth pointing out in the first half of the season he was carrying and playing with a knee injury that was was really mm. hampering his consistency. Uh, I think that the breakaway in Dubai did wonders for for his tan, um, which I think is, <laughs> uh, I don't know if it's like Sansom with totally uh, with skin tone potentially. <laughs> But uh, I think that he's he's gained such confidence from playing this extra role. I think it's made Arsenal more secure by having the left side sit in in Kivior. And I think his, his ability as, as a central player initially, because he's played as a centre-half, obviously, so he's used to playing more internally anyway, he's comfortable moving into those areas. He's been, you know, there's been suggestions that he could play as a, as a midfielder. I think he's relishing this this new role. Um, mm. he's, he's still overlapping at times. He supports Erdegaard and Saka really well on the right-hand side. Uh, I just think that the main reason is that he's now fully fit, and that's the biggest thing. And he's always been this good, but he was struggling with those issues in the first half of the season. But... Going forwards, you know, he's not going to be your Jeremy Frimpongs of the world. He's not going to get you 10-plus goals from fullback or 10-plus assists. But he's going to contribute to the build-up and be fantastic defensively. And just for a team that is producing what it's producing, I don't think we could do it with any other type of right-sided fullback. But I'm ready and waiting for Yuri and Timber to prove that point wrong. All right. We have an overrated here. He's not in the starting line if we are to win the UCL. Solid player, though. Hmm. Uh, the throw-ins. Someone mentioned the throw-ins. What's that about? We got. He's got to like work on that. He's, he's just a little, It's just how he is. Like he's just. He's always like that. I don't know what it is. He just. <laughs> he's never in a rush, Ben White. He's, he's never, never in a rush, rush. Mister no. Horizontal. Um, let's make the T-shirt. Two hundred and fifteen live chat. Kiss it, nut it, like it, or moon it. Do what you want. Just do it once. Remember. Okay. Um. How about this fella? So David Hillier, I asked him this question uh, and I'll I'll put it to you. 
for the last two seasons, you know, everyone's been saying he carries Gabriel. He's the Rolls-Royce defender. This season, you know, Gabriel has been superb, scoring goals, just dominant, absolutely dominant. So I asked him, are we now seeing that maybe Gabriel is a better, not saying he's a better player, he's having a better season, but I did ask him and David Hillier was like, so stop, stop. This guy is cut from a different cloth. Yeah. If we lose Saliba, we don't win the champ. We don't win the league. We oh, don't yeah. win the Champions League. <laughs> to me, yeah. he's dare I say, can he even be underrated because he's so rated? I don't know. What's your take on Saliba? Yeah, I mean, when you are like when the appreciation hits the maximum, I don't think there's any way in which you can be anything other than just rated. Really, um, I think you'll get rival fans tell you that they that they feel that Arsenal fans overrate him. I know plenty of Liverpool fans that will try and argue that Ibrahim Kanate is, is better than, than Saliba. And Kanate is a fantastic defender, but I just think that Saliba is more consistent. Um, although that said, he has had a few moments this in the last couple yes. of months or so. Uh, but he's still very young. So we forget so quickly how young Saliba is as a defender. And, you know, this is only his second season playing in the Premier League. He's a such a talent like an amazing player um so composed so confident so technically gifted so fast so great in his execution his timing and he's just never overruled really by any situation and he's bossed Erling Haaland off the ball a couple of times as well which is no mean feat either so yeah he can be nothing other than just rated um because he just is that good yeah he's so good and someone said that since you know do you think he's been the same player this season? Do you think he's been... Is he kind of more working in the shadows because Gabriel's shining, just real quick? Do you feel like he's having as good a season as he was last? No, but I think there's also some psychology to that. You know, last season was his first season. Most Arsenal fans are really seeing him. So he bursts onto the scene. He then is injured for the last 10 games of the season. We go on to lose the title. That makes him seem like this you know, unicorn figure, if you like, at times, because you lose him and all of a sudden it all falls apart. And I think there's a big reason why he is a big reason, probably the biggest reason why it did end up falling apart because we replaced him with with Rob Holding, which is just night and day in terms of of player (laughs) quality. So, yeah, I think that there's something to be said about the fact that we we know what we've come to expect from him. But Gabriel, who I'm sure we'll talk about shortly, is, is another big reason as to why, yeah. Well, here we go. Here he is. Gabriel, I'll just put the clip up. I'll just put the underrated. Yeah, he's underrated. So underrated, underappreciated. But this season, I do feel that pundits are appreciating our defence. He's this season. This season, he's been the best centre half in the league. Yeah. Period. Like, Carry on, I, Tom. Wax lyrical about Gabriel scoring goals, dominant in the air, at the back, at the front. Um, mm. Really seems to be the player relishing the new system in terms of set pieces more than anybody else. Yeah. Uh, talk to me about him. Yeah, no no defender has scored more goals than him since he's arrived um, in the Premier League, which is an amazing stat considering some of the, the crazy fullbacks and attacking defenders that this, this league has got, um, which is a brilliant uh, statistic for him. But defensively, you know, when he first arrived, I remember me and you did a show based off another article that I did talking about <laughs> kind of the scapegoat that he'd become in some way. Yes, um, and I just felt as though that at that time there was a real danger that he was going to start becoming 
this figure that was like, he's the next guy that Arsenal need to upgrade upon. I'm like, yeah, good luck. <laughs> good luck finding somebody better than him. He's also left-footed. You know, left-footed centre-halves are not easy to, to get mm-hmm. your hands on and to be that good. So, yeah, he's he's underrated and uh, he's now starting centre-half of the Brazilian national side, of course, as, as well. And I think from that side of things, they're not... I don't think they've seen the best of Gabby in the national team yet. And that will come as he plays more minutes. But, yeah, he's he's a brilliant player and uh, he's got a good personality as well. I haven't had the pleasure of speaking to him yet, but uh, his English is coming along from what I've heard and uh, he's great around the, uh, the, the dressing room. So also, um, I think he's a perfect example of, you know, the folks that say that Arteta doesn't improve players. He's so, he's, ever since he's come to the club, he's, um, he's improved greatly. He really has. Um, Tammy, he has a song now, uh, Gabby XL. Not, I don't love it, but he has a song. Mm, It's a bit forced, I think. (laughs) I think, I think so. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not, I did a show on that already. I don't like being forced fed these songs and these tunes. I like them to come organically, but maybe I'm uh, asking for a little bit too much. He's my favorite player this year. I love him. If I was going to buy a shirt right now, I'd buy a Gabby XL, probably in XL as well. Um, Zinchenko. Now I said on the show to David, in the Premier League, we've managed to cope. I say that loosely, but we have mm. coped without Gabriel Jesus, Tommy Yasu, Zinchenko, and Thomas Partey, who has really been absent all season. However, in the Champions League, I think that's where we need Zinchenko and Jesus. He's mm. become, he's gone from, I love our fans, they're so fickle sometimes, from everyone's like, yeah, Zinny, get in there, you know, watching his his teammates score goals, celebrating them on the pitch the way he does. David Hillier was talking about a moment he didn't like where he felt he tried to undermine Odegaard. Um, and he's he thinks he would prefer to stick with Kivior right now mm. um, versus you know bringing in Zinchenko. Mm. What's your take on Zinchenko? Has the Arsenal universe fallen out of love with him? And if so, why? Yeah, it's interesting what Nelson says in the chat box there because like I said about um, Gabriel became a bit of a scapegoat a couple of years ago. Mm. I fear that Zinni's starting to become that in some ways, like Nelson says. So I'm glad that I'm not the only one that's that's picked up on that. Uh, I think that he is a player that is very specialised. Uh, I think he's a player that you don't necessarily start in every single game because I think he works for certain games and more better for certain games. And there are other players that work better in, in others. You think about the Liverpool game. He started that game against Liverpool and we drew one, one at half time. He comes off, Kivior comes on, we win three, one. And I think Kivior suited that game better than what Zinchenko did. And I think ultimately they were getting a lot of luck down that right, their right, our left-hand side. And I think there's certain games where I'd rather see a Kivior or a, a Tommy Asu, start on the left to give us a little bit more and to to be able to then invert on the right-hand side. But don't get it twisted. Like, Zinchenko is technically a stunning footballer. Uh, He's so good at helping to suffocate teams into their own half when we are a dominant team against the opposition. We expect to have a lot of the ball. You know, I think this Monday's game against Sheffield United away, if he was fit, I'd be starting him in that game because I think he would help uh, in terms of kind of that consolidation of pressure in the opposition half. 
So I don't think I lean either way in terms of under or over. I think maybe if we might get a month down the line and we start might start saying he's underrated because people are continuing to scapegoat him. But I just think rated. I just kind of think he's in the middle of the two. Yeah, rated right. I've gone. I've gone. I've tried not to jump the shark too much on him. I was starting to think he was a little bit overrated just because of some of those defensive lapses. I'm not saying we can't defend um, as a team when mm. he's playing, but he does have these moments. But also the way he's being asked to play. That is when it, you then yeah. But then when you see the discipline of Ben White being asked to play an inverted role, um, mm. it does make but you question. As in he does though. In that he's position. not going he, as I'm much not... into. Into Sorry, the midfield, right? Is he not? He's not. Ben White isn't going as much into the midfield. Is this is this I, I, correct? Or it, it, yeah, or when Ben White inverts, if if you look at if you watch like a game of Zinni inverting and a game of Ben White inverting, when Ben White inverts, he'll pop up between the two centre halves and he'll tend to pass the ball out to either Saliba who's pushed wide, Saka who's come short, or Odegaard who's come slightly short. When Zinchenko comes uh, into the middle area, he can do one of three things, which is to push the ball out to the wide left areas. But sometimes he darts through the middle of the pitch, which Ben White doesn't do. Sometimes he might pop up on the edge of the box and help suffocate things there and just kind of think about the Luton goal where we won the game. I think it was him mm -hmm. that passed the ball into Erdegaard or I think it was him that crossed the ball. One of the two was involved. It was one to the other and then the ball came in. It's those positions they take up in and around the box together that led to that goal. Zinchenko's got more in his locker when he moves into those central areas compared to White. But because he's more risky and he tries to take some of those risks, that does then lead to him giving a, the ball away more than what that Ben White does. Uh, do you agree with Jaffa that he slows or holds onto the ball too long and slows things down? Do you think that's true? Uh, I mean, loads of players do that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I always yeah. think that that line of like the player slow, like Ozil got that tag. I've seen Erdegaard get that tag. Basically, if we see a player pick up the ball, stop, turn around, player pass, at the end of the day, it's that's not the player, that's the system. Arteta wants the players to be assured about where they're playing the ball. That's why you see Kai Havertz play it simple so often. It's not mm. about it's not about like a aversion to being, you know, forward thinking or risky or whatever. It's it's what the system is dictating those players to do. So it's not that them being slow. It's what Arteta's dictating of the team and the way that they play. So, yeah. Um, it's amazing, though, how many goals we've scored as well since... It, we do seem to be playing at a, a, a different speed um, over mm. the last few games. Maybe, you know, I, I'm... It seems that way. More it just direct. seems like we're, yeah. more, we're more fluid. We're more direct. Yeah, absolutely. 300 of you in live chat, kiss it, before we move on to the next player, which is going to be very interesting because... We've really only seen him in preseason and one game. But when you see a picture like this, you have to include Timber. Mm. Oh, he's overrated. Can we? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm being serious. He's absolutely overrated. He, how can he be anything other than that? We, we don't know. Ooh, what he's sound bites do. coming. Sound we... bites coming right here. Go on. He has to be overrated because we don't know what he's going to produce. And we are all, all of us are saying. This guy is going to transform. I'm saying it. I think he's going to transform Arsenal's fullback position. But we don't know that. So it has to be at this moment in time. Has to be overrated, surely. I mean, yes. I think when I think about... Look, yellow card for Arsenal fans. I got the cards out tonight as well because I thought I was going to need them with this subject matter. But yellow card for all of us because it's it's we 
I think we're setting him up to fail a little bit too because we also have all these expectations that he's going to come back and save the day and we're going to win the Premier League and the Champions League this season. And it just all seems a little bit much. He seems to be able to handle things well. I love his demeanour. I love how he supports the team. When you see social media, he's always kind of there. He still feels present even though he's been off with this horrific injury all season. Are we setting him up to fail as fans or are we just setting ourselves up for heartache because Tom... You're in and around Colney. That's still Colney to me. Sober realty. Uh, No, not going there. (laughs) Um, Are we going to see him this season? Yeah. Yeah, we are. Uh, We are going to see him this season. Um, Yeah, he's he's not back in full training yet. Um, I know there were some suggestions that he was, but having chased up those those claims and been told very direct uh, by the club that no, he's he's not back in full training. He's taking part in contact training, as we saw to some extent, and then doing still some work on his on his own as he works back to to full training. Um but uh I think that these he's a player that from what we've the little we've seen, from what we've seen him previously at Ajax as well, where he played the majority of the season in kind of a centre half area rather than a fullback area. But there's just we've just not seen enough to know, but there's no way that he can meet expectations because the expectations are just like as high as they could possibly be for mm-hmm. him. So it does. I don't think it really matters what he does. He either will fulfil what we expect from him, or he he won't. He's not going to exceed those expectations because they're already this, sky high. Tom, this picture though does get one going, doesn't it? He looks like a beast here. He looks yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah. beastly. Speaking of beastly, let's move on to our midfield, shall we? Why don't we start with our chief midfield officer, aka the captain, aka Uda God to me. Um, Tom Canton. Is it possible that our captain is still considered underrated, not only by our fans, but by many in the beautiful game? Yes. Yes. He's right now the best player in the Premier League, which I know makes me sound like I'm overrating him. But the fact <laughs> that people the fact that people don't get how good he is still after everything after he went last season and equaled the number of open play goals by an outfield midfielder, like I don't know if there's anything other than an outfield midfielder now. I say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, by, by a midfielder, but, you know, but op, uh, open play goals, which was previously held by Kevin De Bruyne, and, and he matched that. And this season, yes, he's not scored as many goals, but I'm sorry. He's, he's, he's just so good. Look, if, you, if, you, if you haven't had the joy of being able to see it live and in the flesh, it's um, just being able to watch Erdegaard every week is an absolute privilege to see what he does, his movement, the touch of the ball, his thinking, his passing, his vision, his execution. It is world class. It is world class good. It's he's mm-hmm. an unbelievable footballer. He seems, I, uh, I was, when I was mentioned, talking to Hilsey as well, I was saying he seems to have gone up another level as a leader. Mm-hmm. Ever since the the return from Dubai, I felt like he said, right, I'm going to put everyone on my shoulders and you guys. He's he's taken on that kind of Jesus energy in his first season where, you know, t- teaching Martinelli and Saka how to be off the ball. Just the effort. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. It's more than just scoring goals. And to me, it seems like his leadership's gone to another level this season as well, Tom, which, I, which has enhanced his game. Mm-hmm. And I, I just wanted to throw this one out there before we move on to the next player. Um, is this a myth? Are you going to do an article about this at some point? Overrated 
doesn't grab the big games enough. Uh, I mean, did we watch the Liverpool game? <laughs> like the, the biggest game of our season, and he was brilliant in that game. You know, he's he's just been, uh, previously yes, that was the tagline that he didn't turn up, despite the fact he scored in two uh, North London derbies already. Of course, um, he scored against Manchester United this season, um, and for me, I, I that that tagline is the past now that's that's done if, mm-hmm. if you've not watched if you've watched this season you're still saying he doesn't turn up in the big games it means you've just not watched him this season or you, your memory's not very good because this season he's put that myth to to bed and uh certainly has responded so yeah that the argument that he doesn't turn up in the big games is is a bygone thing yeah i think he's been brilliant and it's been a joy to watch uh and i think he's closer to that world-class tag you know um than he's ever been for people to kind of be universal about it. (laughs) Yes. Okay. (laughs) Well, this guy. Yeah. Is he one of the best signings Arsenal have ever made? I mean, we talk about Thierry Henry, Dennis Bergkamp, Vieira, um, you know, uh, he's, he's up there. He's been special Mm. and he's been the boss. Uh, And also in terms of signings, he just feels like he's been an Arsenal player his entire career. He looks just comfortable in the skin, in in the in the you know in the squad. Everything uh, mm. is he underrated, overrated, or rated right? Uh, he is rated, yeah. Um, it's, he, everyone knows how good Declan Rice is. At the start of the season, a lot of Arsenal fans have thought we overpaid. Um, in in my comment section, in my in my chat box, and at that point, you would have said underrated. But there's just no, there's just no one. No one's brave enough to, to say anything <laughs> against Declan Rice because he's just been stunning. Yeah, stunningly consistent. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, Alexis Sanchez for me was massively impactful. Like, wow, kind of. Mm-hmm. Declan Rice, he's probably played his worst game against his old club at the Emirates. Yeah. Um, and one of his best I, away from home against them. Yep. And then, you know, I think everyone was poor in Porto. Can't hold that against him. Uh, but yeah, he's rated right, we say. Uh, at the beginning of the season, a listener was saying that he was a little underrated, but I think we all know how important he is. And my goodness, pray every night that he stays fit, um, which hopefully he will. Okay, we get to some interesting ones here. <laughs> here we go. Mr. Yeah. Kai Havertz. Super Tom, what say you about the German? He is the most underrated player in the Arsenal team um, by a country mile because obviously the price tag, uh, the Chelsea factor, the slow start, all of them, all of these factors uh, associated with Kai Havertz that for many still exists, that some people are still too proud to kind of just hold their hands up and say, you know, you know what? He's not, it's not over in terms of like the, 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 the judgment of him, but you know what? For now, he's in the process of proving me wrong. There's not enough people doing that that really blasted the guy. I mean, I have the absolute joy now of tweeting almost every single week or quote tweeting my tweet from November where I said that he was a better signing for Arsenal than Jeremy Doku has been for Man City. I, uh, I remember I, that. Yeah, I now quote tweet it pretty much every because he keeps scoring or assisting, <laughs> so I keep getting to quote tweet that tweet every single time he gets involved. But he he's one of those players where you have to rewatch him sometimes to see 
the impact and and his the intelligence of his play. And mm. I think to expect that he was going to come to Arsenal and be, I actually would argue that I didn't think he'd be even this good as he has been. I wasn't expecting him to have contributed this much directly and to have proven people wrong so quickly in so many ways. So, yeah, he is the most underrated player in the team. And uh, the only thing for me, the only crux for me is just keep him out of the midfield positions. Like, mm. Keep mm-hmm. him out of the midfield. <laughs> Get him as close to that box as you can because when he's around that box, he's great. I love yeah. him. Yeah. Uh, Havertz has been a genius signing, says Boy. And I wanted to put Karen's comment up. I thought this, I think he had to unlearn Chelsea's bad habits. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. That's a very fair yeah. statement. By I the don't way, want Woodrick, though, for the record. No, no, thank you. Just, oh, no. Can we, can we have, we're going to save that to the end. Thank mm. you, Thomas. Thank you. Um, I've warned, I've warmed to Havertz uh, and I can sing it loud. Yeah, yeah. We, I think, I think if, you know football and you can see the game and appreciate kind of his role and what he's doing. I think he's been excellent. By the way, I forgot Kivior. And I had oh, to make a massive Kivior. apology to Kivior yeah. on Monday. It's got to be because, underrated, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I called him a donkey, which I feel really bad you about. called him a donkey? <laughs> but that was months ago. It was, And I, I was going through a hard time. I took it out on Kivior. Yes, you know, and I apologized. I came clean. Um, do you think Kivior, real quick, is overrated? I think he's a donkey. Or un- no, Soph, I don't think he's a donkey. <laughs> do you think he's underrated? Or yeah, overrated? I do think he's underrated. I think, obviously, in the last few weeks, people have come to realize actually. Oh, maybe I shouldn't have said that I'd rather have kept Lano Souza instead of Jakub Kivior because he is proven to be, you know, very good, actually. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of potential there. I think he's, he's 24. People forget he's actually think he's younger than that. He is 24. Um, but uh, there's a reason why we signed him. There's a reason why the likes of Borussia Dortmund also wanted him. Um, he is a very good, very good talent and uh, a really good bit of depth to the squad. So he stays in the squad for you right now, even if Zinni and Tommy are so. fit? I think yeah. I think I'd, Zinchenko for Sheffield United maybe, but if this was the Champions League final tomorrow, and Ooh, oh, that's a great Zinchenko. Oh, that's a good one. I'm playing Zinchenko in a Champions League final. In a Champions League final, you're up against Real Madrid, and you're going oh. up against Rodrigo and Vinicius Junior. I'm scared about Zinchenko going. I'm not going to lie. I'm scared. I actually I would feel play like Tommy Yasu. Yeah, of course. But I think I would play Tommy Asu. But if it was between Kivi and and Zinni, I tell you, that's a that's a harder question. That's a good it's one. Prop, that's a poll to Kivior for making that such a hard question. Now, so I, I really don't know. I'd be pretty stuck. I reckon you'd probably get a split in a poll between that. To be fair, seeing what Tommy did um, with Salah and that yeah. type of impact mm. player, I would play. Oh well. Play Timber. Here they go. Here it comes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, let's move along here. So we have a yes. Okay. What about this guy? Any time I get to put this picture up <laughs> makes me happy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> this is my favorite picture of all time, Jorginho. Um, for me, I think he's been a superb signing. I think he's yep. very underrated. I don't know why Mikel didn't play him in Porto. He should be playing in Champions League matches. He's got the experience. Um, I think a lot of Arsenal fans have learned their lessons because of the Chelsea rejects and maybe judging them because we hate Chelsea. 
I, I don't really have anything to add to that. I think okay, you summed it up fantastic. perfectly. Yeah, underrated. Lovely. We love uh, we love Jorginho. I forgot to put this guy up. Can we mm. even rate him? I think he's been over an overrated signing. He hasn't delivered. He's been injured a lot. He's yeah. had moments, Tom, but it's mm. a, it's been a little bit disappointing overall. I find it difficult to talk about him. I just feel like it's time for him to leave the club. Just go. That's how I feel about Thomas yeah, Partey. Yeah, I, I think you know, we, if you've got a player that's on as much money as he's on every single week, and he, he's, he's no, when he's playing, he's a quality player. But if you you have to have your quality players available, and he's just not like Declan Rice has come in and just been so consistent with his availability, mm-hmm. he has to be replaced in the summer. We have to bring in like the likes of like a Martin Zubamendi, somebody like that. And there's also suggestions that Jorginho's opening contract talks. That's not to extend the option, by the way. That's actually to have an extension to his deal. So it would become another one plus one contract. Yeah. And he was. He he was good at he was he had a good decent season last season, but yeah. Um and mm. by the way, all those comments that came up previously were for Jorginho. Um mm. okay, Emil Smith Rowe. Overrated, rated right, or underrated, Tom? I think that if we've just spoken about Thomas Partey as and talked about his availability as a key factor in what we're saying about him, um, that surely you have to be consistent because Smith Rowe's availability mm-hmm. has also been, I would argue, very similar to Partey in the last two years. Last season, he barely was available whatsoever. Partey played 33 games in the league. This season, Smith Rowe's obviously come back. He's not necessarily been given the opportunity to play. And it, it hurts to say it that he's, but I think that maybe there is an argument suggests like the, the constant clamor for him to play minutes that comes up all the time and that Arteta is getting criticized to the point where he's not using Smith Rowe more. I think there is a, uh, an edge of overrating of, of Smith Rowe because I don't think he fits into the style of what we're doing. If you were to ask me what's his best position in this Arsenal team, I couldn't tell you. I'd probably tell you left wing, but I don't think he's going to play there anymore. So, yeah, I'd, I'd lean towards the over. But I love him, but I'd lean towards the overrated. Yeah, we love him. And it's uh, David said that, uh, about Saka, Saka's best ability is his availability. It's just mm. brilliant. And it's true. And uh, he hasn't been, and I agree with you. We have to be fair across the board here. And it is tricky. Um, it is really tricky because we love him. He's a Haylender, and we want all of the Haylenders to be superheroes. Um, but, yeah, a lot of people agreeing with you. Um, and I I felt at times he is a little bit overrated. But when you're kind of coming through with Saka, there was a time where I actually thought ESR might have an even better career than Saka. I, don't yeah. go back and find that show, but... I think I think you, <laughs> Harry, and Lee judges were on it too, maybe. <laughs> maybe. I don't know what an inverted uh, 10 is, by the way. I've no, no idea what an inverted 10 is. <laughs> did you catch that? An inverted 10. Um, yeah, Tammy, Tammy, our chief like officer. I don't know what that is. Yeah. A, t- a 10 is uh, inverted. It's just by definition, it's in the middle. So, it's, <laughs> yeah, surely. Uh, yeah, his injuries as well. His injuries haven't really helped him. Oh, it was oh. a joke. Says Tammy, sorry, we... it went way over my head, Tammy. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I take it so literally, all these things. Can we do this one very quickly? I yeah. mean, he's so overrated. Come on. I'd <laughs> I'd sell him in the summer. Absolutely useless. Oh, that, that I wouldn't go that far, but uh it's my donkey comment for was... Fabio Vieira. <laughs> it was a mistake signing. I agree with Jonathan. I think Underrated, no. Four million pounds is a lot Ooh. of money that we could have spent 
elsewhere. On so at the time, you know, he came out of nowhere. His numbers were excellent for Porto when he arrived, but he's not been able to transition that. So yeah, I mean, you have to say overrated. I don't think he's useless. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. I, but... I know Nelson's scolding, and he's telling me off. I know. I I should. I've gone back, reverted back to old Sophie here just a little bit. <laughs> Um, because I've got the new adventures of Sophie, you know, things happen in life when you try to be kinder to the players and stuff. Um, oops, what's that? Hello, Danny, how are you? Are they talking about prison break now? I'm not sure. I don't know what I don't know what's happening here. Is that an in joke that no I'm not sure about? When Danny's talking, <laughs> yeah, I would, I would, it, it happens a lot, doesn't it? Can't sell him his bromance with Martinelli, yeah, no, come on. We can't have that. No bromances just to keep players just to keep players happy. What about this kid? Oh, he's overrated, isn't he? <laughs> I threw him in there because of the same reasons of Timber, but for different reasons, of course. Got to be overrated um, then at the moment, surely. He's yeah, 16. he's got. A... <laughs> he's 16 years old. I've got fans telling me he should be starting games for us in a title-challenging team. He's so overrated. Like He's a brilliant talent, and he might turn into one of the best players we've ever produced, sure, but right now, Nwaneri is way overrated, massively so. Yeah. Oh, the Lakonga name came up. I wondered how long it would be before someone mentioned Lakonga um, in the chat. I told this internet about Nwaneri. What did you tell them? This is fantastic. I love how bright you all are when it comes to um, player assessments. Okay. I love this picture. Mm. boys to men right this picture is unreal and it's from um la it's from yeah, last it's summer. summer yeah he is a beast now he's a beast yeah he is rated right or do you think this whole i don't want to go into the world-class discussion yeah, i don't want to give rio ferdinand any acknowledgement here he's just gone bonkers i think rio yeah he he's lost his you, is it yeah. possible for saka to be underrated yeah, well, clearly, <laughs> you just referenced someone who clearly does underrate them. Yeah, um, some people doesn't don't think he's world class. So I guess in that way, I think he's rated right. I think the coherent, um, intelligent ones among us all know that he is very much a world class player and one of the best players in the world at the moment. So his numbers this season are a joke, absolute joke. Like he's he's yeah. on course to get more than twenty goals and twenty assists this season. So. He's 16 goals, 12 assists. He's played 34 games um, mm. and he's had a total of 54 shots. And his goal conversion's at 30% and his shot accuracy is 59%. 30% is crazy. That's mm -hmm. crazy. Supposedly, he was having a bad season. I said that. I'm like, hey, he's not shining. He seems slow. But then all of a sudden, he just went into um, overdrive, didn't he? Uh, and he's been unbelievable. Uh, okay, let's get to Reese Nelson, who would deputise for him. I love this picture I found of him modelling some old classic uh, <laughs> Arsenal gear. Um, I feel like he's a little underrated, Tom, and he's not getting the chances he deserves when we need to sub Saka off. Mikel Arteta refuses. I know he's a game changer and he can change a game on yeah. a whim. Talk to me. I think... I understand why you think that. I, I I think he's rated right by most. I think most would say he's probably not good enough for Arsenal in the long term um, and that he can make a little bit of an impact here and there now if we're desperate for someone to come off the bench, but we need better. Mm -hmm. So, And I think the majority of people would probably say that. So I'd lean yeah. towards 
rated right. Yeah, we know we know where we're at with Nelson is is what I'd say. Yeah, I can see plays like him shining at like Crystal Palace, like Eddie. You know, going to a club where they yeah. get they start. You know, yeah, more Brighton often have been great. He was linked like to Brighton. I think that'd have been a really yeah. good move for him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, um, Gabriel Jesus, underrated, yeah. overrated, rated right again. Another player. Now we're scoring all these goals. A lot of fans are like, we don't need Jesus. Who needs Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> that was brilliant. I loved that. Um, in terms of, he's he's probably the trickiest one. I think mm. he's the trickiest one in the squad to do this for. I think you'll see a complete spectrum of views on this. Maybe people will slightly lean towards overrated, but I think there'll be as many people trying to battle back against that. I think the biggest thing that he's got going against him is that it's a position that we all feel that we still need to get somebody to to, to level that up in. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's a lot better than what I think he's. A, I think he's better than what people think he is. Um, I remember when he came in and he scored in that first preseason game. My goodness, people thought he was going to be literally the second coming. Um, <laughs> so I, <laughs> at that point, I was like, "Wow, this is going to get exciting very quick." But his injury record again is not great. Um, his availability has proven to be a bit of a problem, but I think most people know that. And so I'm, I don't. Unlike with Partey and unlike with Smith Rowe, who've had their injury issues, where, which have led us to say probably overrated. I think we do know. I think most people would say that that Jesus is probably about. I think we you get what you get with Jesus, but we need better. He's a really good player. Mm. Um, so I'm going to go rated for me. For Jesus. Yeah. Lord genius. Lord, hear our prayer, says Elliot. That <laughs> knee scares me moving forward. That is some top. Listen, I wanted to use this. I love using this picture all the time. Um, I think we need to change some of the disciples. And also, I suggested that the Jesus role change to Odegaard uh, because mm. it was really his team for a long time before um, Odegaard, you know, got his uh, feet under the table as well. But I still think we need him. I still think he's going to have a role to play if he can just mm. get fit, um, especially if we go deeper into the Champions League. Yeah, yeah. Okay, for those listening on audio, I've just put a picture up of Eddie and Ketia. It's raining. He's doing the whole phone thing. Yeah. He's really delivered at times and yeah. been underwhelming at times. Tom? He's ever so slightly underrated, I think. Woofka. Um... I think that the majority of people will say that he's not good enough for Arsenal, which I agree with. I think going forwards that we need to upgrade on him. But he is better than what people think he is. Like people are people speak really disparagingly about Eddie and Ketia. Is he I another think, scapegoat? He's not a scapegoat because I think a scapegoat is more so a player that is playing really regularly in the starting eleven and is actually contributing a lot on a consistent basis that people are just missing. Whereas Nketi doesn't play enough to get that. Um, so I think that it's he's ever so slightly underrated, but that's in the context of, I think he'd play, like, so a lot of people say he's not even good enough for the Premier League, which is just mm. insulting and goes too far. Like he would score, I've said this before, I think he'd score as many goals as Ivan Tony scores for Brentford if he played as many games for Brentford as Ivan Tony does. I, I just think that he would. If he started every single game like Tony does for Brent, for Brentford, I think he'd score that many goals. I really don't see. And I, I, 
there's plenty of stats to back that up, by the way, um, from the last couple of seasons. So, yeah, I think he's ever slightly underrated, but we need to upgrade on him. Yeah. Sure. Uh, by the way, boy, you need to. Uh, Balogun was just taken off penalties. He's missed three, and his uh, really? responsibilities for penalties were taken away oh. from him. Yeah. Um, That's not a yesterday, I think. Sorry, US listeners. <laughs> <laughs> the question will be answered when we see what we sell him for. I like Eddie. I don't like how some fans talk about him. I agree with Tom. Yeah, I, I think he could shine at a team like Crystal Palace. Listen, for three months in that first season, Jesus got injured after we were all like, oh, the Messiah. He delivered. He stood up and he delivered. Mm. And yeah, it did. It got a little, you know, kind of flat uh, towards the end of that injury spell. Um, but yeah, and I, I, I don't know. I'm starting to think about this one, Amira. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Sorry, yeah. Sorry, uh, how about bro. this fella? Martinelli. Oh, love this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's rated. Yeah, I think we know how good Martinelli is. Um I think he is one of the best wingers in the league. Um, and for six million quid, my goodness me, um, what a deal that was. Uh, it's I think it's almost impossible to overrate him when he costs six million quid. I, I think I don't get how you could overrate him when he costs that much. To be fair, how much do you think? Let's just say he's he's sold in the summer, which he's not. We're just playing the yeah. what if game. You know, I like the what if game, guys. How much? So if Anthony, Anthony was signed for a hundred million euros. Okay, that is <laughs> an embarrassment. Was signed for a hundred million euros. How much is Martinelli going to go for from Arsenal to if he go if he leaves Arsenal, he's only going to one of three places, which is what, Real Madrid, which he won't go to because there's enough people there. Bayern Munich, Man City potentially, Liverpool potentially. Like where else is he going to go? He's going to go to one of the biggest teams in the world if he leaves Arsenal. Um, he cannot be overrated. There is not an argument on earth. Oh my God, there is a, quite a few of them. A lot, of, a lot of them saying about keeping his head up when he's dribbling. They're a little bit frustrated he's not perfect, with that. Yeah, but he's, he's, what, he's 23. People are forgetting this, guys. People are talking about him like we're talking about him as he's 27 and the finished product. This kid's 23 years old. Why are, you, why are people talking about him like he's the finished product and, and judging him like he's the finished product? He's not. He's a kid. He's still a kid. That's the problem with this Arsenal team. It's so young. There are some players that are like super shining. 300 plus of you in live chat hit the like button. At 23, I mean, look at Saka. Saka's shining bright. Mm. Martinelli hasn't mm. shone as bright. He's got, look, he's got seven goals, four assists. He's mm. played 31 games. Um, he's His uh, total shots, let's see, I've got it here. 34, 21% goal conversion. And his shot accuracy is fifty six percent. Yeah, look, as I say, he's not he's not perfect. Is he twenty three? He's twenty. He's twenty two. Sorry, he turns twenty three in June. He's twenty two until he's twenty three. That's how it works. Um, but uh, I think when it he's as he's just a kid, like and and so is Saka. But Saka, the thing with Saka is that there's a difference between Saka and Martinelli. Martinelli isn't world class, by the way. I'm not saying he's world class, whereas I think Saka is world class. I think Martinelli is just a level below Saka. The context of of Martinelli is un unreal. From where he came from, from the fourth tier or wherever it was, if it is even that high, mm -hmm. a Brazilian football straight didn't go on loan once, straight into a Premier League team. Beat um, Smith Rowe has been absolutely ostracised because of this kid, um, and he's been talked about as one of the top one, two, three wingers in the best league in the world now. How on earth can he be overrated? Like, it doesn't make any sense for that to suggest he's overrated at all. 
Listen, when Stevie Nichols says it, he was on the show just a couple of weeks ago and he said it again. Like Martinelli and Saka, he he wishes they were at Liverpool. And he loves mm. them. And he says that when they're on fire, um, any team should be fearful. And, you know, he always looks for them first when they're playing, uh, when we're playing against Liverpool. So I do agree, though. I think he needs to look up a little bit more, hold oh, on to does. the ball a bit too much. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he mm. could improve in his finishing as well. There's no mm. doubt about that. Mm. Martinelli not world class. Don't be daft, says Lone Star <laughs> he's, Londoner. He's not for me. Texas. <laughs> those those things we're talking about, like the the needing to get your head up, taking that extra touch, holding the ball on the decision making, is the separation. There's two things which separate world class from the rest. One is your touch, and the second is your decision making. Martinelli's got the touch. But his decision making mm-hmm. is still needs to be developed. And if you if you master those two things, you know, it doesn't matter how fast you are, it doesn't matter how big you are, how muscular you are, whatever, all your physical traits, if you've got the decision making and if you've got the touch, that's what separates you as a world class player. Yeah, I would agree. Agree with that. Agree with that. And also, um, maybe he has suffered from not having the Zinchenko part of our game um as available to him uh this season. Okay, here we go. Um, how about Trossard? I love mm. I love Odegaard in the background, by the way, in this picture. He's on his knees kind of cheering Trossard's goal. <laughs> I love this player. I absolutely love him. And I think when you think about January last year, what he's done since he's come in, uh, for me, in some spots, he's underrated, but I think he's respected. I think he's respected by some yeah. of the pundits, the media, but also by our fans. Uh, of course, you know, he, he didn't, not everyone played well in the Champions League, but Tom, I I really, I rate him and I think he's rated right if I'm going to pick one in general with Arsenal fans. I think he's rated right with Arsenal fans. I think he's underrated in the wider concept. Like you don't, no one talks about Trossard unless you're an Arsenal fan. Like you never hear him brought up in conversation mm. by anyone else. Martinelli does all the time. Saka does all the time. Jesus does all the time. Odegaard does. No one talks about uh, Trossard except Arsenal fans. Um, we rate him right, but in the wider footballing context, he is an underrated player. Do you think he's the best finisher at Arsenal? I mean, by the stats, here we go. Uh, Trossard, 10 goals this season, two assists, 31 games played. He's had 37 total shots, 27% goal conversion, and 46% shot accuracy. That's pretty sexy. So it's second behind Saka. I Second think. behind Saka, yes. So Saka's the best finisher at the club. And so, yeah. Very close behind. Exactly, yeah. he's close, yeah. Um, Martin Odegaard's got eight goals, six assists. He's got 42 total shots, 19% goal conversion. I think we all agree needs to work on that. And 57% shot accuracy. Then Jesus is our fourth, our joint third scorer. <laughs> he's been out on eight goals, five assists. He has 43 shots, 19% conversion, 53% shot accuracy. Uh, Kai Havertz is fifth, by the way, for those who wanted to know. Seven goals, two assists. He's had 44 total shots, 16% conversion um, and 36% shot accuracy. We know that he needs to improve. Moon the likes, totally. Right, here's a quick fire round for you before we let Tom go. This has been absolutely brilliant and a lot of fun. Hope you've enjoyed it too. We are going to discuss very quickly in our quick fire round um, the bullets we've dodged. Okay, because it's come up. I don't want to hear Arsenal fans telling me that we need to swap Ramsdale for Mikhailo Mudrik. We're going to have Lagrove on next week because he suggested this and I got really mad. You know, don't get the Greek mad. Uh, and I just don't get it. 
cry he cried okay well they're your own tears eat them up because you made the decision along with your people if you want to be a man stand up and go to the club that you want to sign for i understand that's not easy to do sometimes with certain players in certain situations i get it however he's had an entire season and the best part of half of last season to prove okay that he is a good player or that he can deliver. He, this guy has been given so many chances and he has proven nothing in the Premier League. And I know Chelsea are broken right now and situations are different. Tom, massive bullet dodged. Are Arsenal going to do this? Uh, I've certainly heard nothing suggested they are. Um, I know that I think James McNicholas, the Athletic, put the piece out the other day suggesting that there are people within Arsenal that still appreciate him. That doesn't mean, by the way, they want to sign him. I know that's how people twist it very quickly. Um, but they that they've just appreciated his talent. I think if it had come to Arsenal, we would have done a lot better um than what he's done at Chelsea. But I mean, you can see that with how good Kai Havertz has been for us, you know, compared. I think I disagree with Lagrove in terms of that. Um, not for the first time on a topic, but I think that when it comes to a player like Mudrik coming to Arsenal, you are embarking upon another project situation. And for me, the biggest question mark about the Havertz signing was Arsenal finished second, having finished fifth and finished eighth. Arsenal were on the way up. They signed a player that was a project. They took a risk and it's looking like it's paying off gradually. Now, if Arsenal next in this upcoming summer do that again, I think they've, they're stretching themselves a bit thin in terms of what mm. they then recruit. Arsenal should be signing players on the up and now only on the up. I don't think that they've got the space or the time or the resources to go for another project on top of Kai Havertz, who is still in that process of being revived. He's not, you know, he's far from finished in terms of that revival process. We cannot, cannot take on another project. If Arsenal sign another wide player, which is a really important position, by the way, for Arsenal to get right, to add more depth into. It has to be a player that is on the upward trajectory and not one that is currently on the downslope, and we have to then drag them back up again. I totally agree with everything that you said, 100%. And uh, no, 25 million is no. I wouldn't. I wouldn't buy him. I wouldn't. I don't want no, him. I really. Yeah. 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 Go. Or just say, stay and prove yourself at Chelsea and cry more tears. Um, yeah. Speaking of Chelsea. How about this fella? Did we dodge a bullet with Caicedo or is he actually a good player who's in a bad situation? And again, I, that makes me a hypocrite mm. a little bit. But again, he's had all season to prove himself and he's been poor. Mm. Yeah, I think that if Arsenal would have signed Moises Caicedo in that January, I do think that there is there was far more scope that Arsenal may not have been able to do you know, the the business, obviously the business. In fact, I know that they wouldn't have been able to do all the business they've done this summer or the previous summer just gone. So I, I'm, I think personally, I think it was a bullet dodge because I'm I'm very happy with the business that we ended up doing that we wouldn't have ultimately been able to do had Caicedo come in. I think that he is a good player. I think that he is in a bad situation. I think he's different to Mudrik in the sense that he was already established as being a top Premier League player prior to that switch to Chelsea, whereas Mudrik's still very unproven and still got mm. so much more to prove. 115 million is stupid money. Like he I mean, isn't, he's not fit. He's to, a victim of his own price tag, isn't he? At all, Tom, you know? isn't he? Is he a victim of? Is a victim of his own price tag, isn't he? Let's be honest. Yeah, of course he bit. is. Of course he is. But 
he's not more. He's he, there's no way he's better than Declan Rice. Like he's just oh, not no. on the same level. Like he's just not on that that level of player. Like he's not a world class midfielder. He's top top midfielder, I think, and should be playing for a better team that would put him in a better position. But mm. you know, Declan Rice, I think, could have gone anywhere and he's, and does what he does. Clearly, I think Declan Rice would have been as you know would have been. Very, very good. Much better than than Caicedo is. Had he have gone to to Chelsea, for instance, I think he would have been performing better than Caicedo is. Yeah. Okay. A couple more, and we'll get Tom out of here. Quick fire on these. Uh, Bissouma. Mm. He was a player that a lot of Arsenal fans wanted as just a season ago. Um, done decent. Hasn't is his discipline sucks at Tottenham. He gets booked a lot and he gets sent off. I yeah. say we dodged another bullet there. Do you agree or disagree? Yeah, yeah, we did. I remember getting absolutely battered by Arsenal fans for for Basuma um, and for just saying that you know it's really not that big of a deal that we missed out on him. And it's just no one talks about Basuma. <laughs> anyway, no. I know he's had a, when he's available, he's had a good season for for Spurs. This first half of the season, he was very good, but no Arsenal fan is talking about Basuma. No, one. I put no I put him up there because he was a player that was on everyone's lips yeah. for so long, so long, so long. Mm-hmm. And as you now see this team evolve and the players that we've brought in instead, it seems like we made the decision. I, I've got two more for you. I know that you're going to be like, so just move on because I had to. Blavich. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a bullet dodge? I mean, he never wanted to come to Arsenal. Like, no. Whereas Caicedo wanted to come to Arsenal. Mudrick wanted to come to Arsenal. Basuma would have come to Arsenal. Vlaovic never wanted to come to Arsenal. Um, so, yeah, it's a bullet dodge just because, you know, and he's signing a new contract soon, apparently, with Juve as well. And just, by the way, on Basuma, just quickly, mm-hmm. I'd argue that Lukonga's been better than him this season. Yes. And in, in, when you look at games played, eh. I know that Lukonga missed a lot of the first half of the season. But if you just base it on games played, I'd say across all the games they've both played, lukonga has been better. Yeah, uh, I'm not going down the Buendia. I'm not going that far. I'm oh, not don't going do, that. Don't I, do that I did. Me. I did the Vlaovic thing just because Tom was so over it, and because he actually really didn't. There was we were never. He didn't want to come to Arsenal. Or, you know, the story was everyone thought he was coming, and um, but yeah. Uh, and of course, I did forget. Um, I forgot someone. But uh, hey, what about this guy, Neves? Neves. Um, he said the other day that he nearly signed for Arsenal uh, in an interview. Uh, I think he's a good player. I, 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 I like Neves a lot. I think he's a good player. So I don't think he's a bullet dodged. Um, but you would you could argue that you know we've we've got better anyway now. So yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, and Tony's right. Uh, I didn't. A uh, Douglas Louise is that? I don't think that's a bullet dodge. I think he's a good player. Yeah, he's a great player. Fantastic yeah. player. Yeah. Yeah, I think I would like him. Um, okay, Gunasaurus. Overrated, oh, so underrated. Un- <laughs> underrated, rated right. I think he's underrated. <laughs> Let me tell you a quick, quick thing the other day. Um, and there's actually video evidence of this, but I haven't got it. Um, Nick Callow's got it from haters. We were both in the mix zone after the what was the last home game? The Newcastle game. Um, and the, the, where we stand in the mix zone on the opposite side of the, the, the corridor is where the uh, some of the fans that are being hosted by the club, a lot of young fans who get to meet the players after the game and stuff, they're on the opposite side of the room. Gunasaurus comes out the escalator, Saka's at the bottom, and like Gunasaurus goes to high-five Saka, 
and Saka high fives him and then just starts slapping his head about, <laughs> just like slapping the, 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 the this dinosaur's head about. It's brilliant. It was a great and, and Nick filmed it, but it's one of those where you, you know, obviously that can't be made public as a thing because you haven't got recording rights in the mix zone and stuff like that. But privately, there is a video of that moment. Uh, somewhere. We have to find um, it. We yeah. we have to find it. Um, <laughs> it I, just before we came on air, I said to Tom, this isn't going to be a one and a half hour show. It's one hour, 15 minutes, but he's going to take us out on this one. And I think it will be simple. Um, I, I did a show two weeks ago where I said, mm-hmm. has Mikel Arteta become the new Don of the Arsenal? Uh, and a lot of fans think he has to win something major, major. Um, I do love this picture. Again, any excuse to put it up. Tom, take us out with underrated, overrated, or rated right for the gaffer. Well, if you've got more than a couple brain cells, <laughs> which is always a good way to start off a sentence, <laughs> you will know that Mikel Arteta is rated right as one of the best coaches, not just in the Premier League, but in the world and that he has taken this Arsenal team to places and back to a level where no one thought he would. Um, he's doing a great, great, fantastic job. And I just hope and pray that it receives the accolades and the trophies that it rightly deserves. And uh, I'm confident that still that that will happen. All right. Brilliant stuff from Mr. Tom Canton. And I agree with you, Tammy. Always a great show when he is here. Here's where you can follow him. What have you got coming up, Super Tom? Every morning, 8 a.m. You know the drill by now. <laughs> every single be day. Be there or be lazy, people. Indeed. Uh, UK time every morning, day after games, day of games, wedding day, honeymoon. <laughs> I'm always live, 8 a.m. So, yeah, that's where I'll be. And hit the like button on the way out. You, you're allowed in the club for free. All it takes is a quick hit. Um, and, uh, you know, it helps It helps the show. And uh, Tom, uh, are you going to Sheffield this weekend? Thankfully not. Monday night, <laughs> Sheffield away. No, thank you. <laughs> I'm working that Talk about mine. dodged a bullet. Tom yeah, dodged a bullet really right did, there. Really um, thanks for listening, everyone. I'll be back on Monday Madness with a special post-game show. Uh, Vinny's excited. Vespa's excited. Uh, can't wait for it. Hopefully, we'll be celebrating another win. And until then, at ease, squaddies at ease. Keep those comments coming for Super Kev as well. Love you all very much, and we'll see you on Monday night. Mind the gap between the train and the platform. Please stand clear of the discussion doors. The next stop is Highbury Squad.